We move outside our comfort zone and seek new experiences to grow. We find adventure in the epic and the everyday. We travel to broaden our horizons and engage with nature. We are most at home in remote landscapes and faraway places, but never far from our community of passionate dreamers and wanderers. We are Chaconians. Join the Chacosphere at Chacos.com. Where will your Chacos go? This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries, a duct tape and beer production. With support from New Belgium Brewing, Kuat Racks, and Patagonia. Dirtbags, we're dreamers. Driving into Yosemite Valley, I was dreaming bigger than ever before. I left for the valley with two dreams. The first was an honest dream, a climbing dream. The kind of dream that keeps you up at night and wakes you up in the morning with a knot in your stomach. One that can only be untied with blood, sweat, and tears. The kind of dream that reminds you in a metaphysical way what you are capable of. El Capitan haunts and inspires. The first time I saw it, I wanted to go home and forget about climbing. The mere sight of it revealed my most inner doubts and fears. At 22, climbing was a gateway to something new. El Cap represented to me what rock climbing truly was and left me speechless. Yet at the same time, it was an object of beauty, engaging and impossible to forget. Over the last decade, Yosemite's walls have drawn me back time and time again. And after 10 trips and two failures on El Cap, last September I finally climbed the Salathe Wall with my dear friend Dave. It was a best of times kind of climb, with the perceived fear worse than the actual fear, and off was so humbling, the grade of 5'9", normally a warm-up, pushed me to my absolute limit. A thousand-some feet up El Cap, the hollow flake, a 5'9 pitch, offers no protection for 100 feet if you don't have a piece larger than a 6 Camelot. We didn't. With my legs and arms buried in the crack, inching up, I was completing a rite of passage. I may not be much of a climber, but I love it. And to have achieved the dream of climbing El Cap left me in a state of contentment. Almost. There was still one dream I wanted to realize while in Yosemite. It all started seven years earlier with underwear time. Underwear time was the best. We were living in Gunnison, Colorado in our mid-twenties, fresh out of college. It was summer, and life was perfect. So perfect, we wanted to wear less clothes. So, once a day, for an hour... Five or six of us would sit around drinking lemonade in our underwear. We all had degrees in environmental studies or outdoor education, and this was how we chose to spend our afternoons. Our professors were so proud. One day, I was opening up a new package of undies. After all, I had to look good for underwear time. I glanced over the packaging and noticed the model. What an easy job that would be, I mused. Underwear modeling. My friend told me she thought I could do it, and since I was a climber, she suggested I model for Patagonia. We laughed and went back to sipping our lemonade. 
but a dream was planted. My dream seemed like a joke, a conversation piece at parties, something I thought I'd talk about forever, but never actually do. That all changed when I met her. I say her because I don't remember her name. She was a striking hippie girl who worked in a raw food restaurant in Salt Lake City. One day I got the nerve to ask her out, and the next night we were at her house. Her house. Throwback, psychedelic, complete with record player, Polaroid camera, and a little fireplace that we sat by and talked. She was the intuitive type, the kind of girl who references her dreams often, and talks of love and living in harmony with the planet. While she was showing me energy stones and waxing poetic, I mentioned that I was going to the Patagonia outlet store the next morning for a sale. She began to tell me about a dream she had. The focus of the dream, me, wearing only a fire-red pair of underwear. We kissed, and she sent me out into the cold Salt Lake City night. The next morning, my friend and I were up at the crack of dawn, waiting behind a hundred or so dirt bags in a line that poured out of the Sugar House Patagonia outlet store. Later, as we waited to check out, I saw a box of underwear next to me. I told my friend about my psychedelic lady friend's dream. She saw a fire-red pair of underwear, tossed it into my bag, and said, maybe you'll get lucky. I never saw the psychedelic woman again, but by now, the dream was sprouting. I typed up a story and submitted it to Patagonia. The last line read, So, if you have an opening for some underwear models, please give me a call. It was 2007. Blogs were just barely catching on in the outer industry. Patagonia liked the story, but had no place for printing it. I forgot about my story and almost my dream until five years later, putting together my first book, I came across the story on an old thumb drive. I resubmitted it to Patagonia. They loved it and published it on their blog. Shortly after Patagonia ran the excerpt, a friend of mine started an online petition titled Patagonia's Next Top Underwear Model. The petition spread through social media and a hundred people signed it. I took the next step and forwarded the petition to Patagonia, along with a formal request and a sample photo of me climbing on Halloween in Joshua Tree, wearing a one-piece ski suit and wig. I didn't hear back for a while and figured, once again, maybe this is as far as my dream would go. But, in one final attempt, I pinged Patagonia back. I got the reply I was looking for. If you can get out to our office in Ventura, California, we'll get you into the studio for a photo shoot. It was perfect. I was headed to Yosemite in a couple months and figured we'd just swing down at the end of the road trip. Then reality sunk in. I was about to convince my climbing partner to go five hours out of the way so I could fulfill my fantasy. Ten hours round trip. A day on the road instead of a day in Yosemite. There was no way. Unless. Maybe I could convince them to come to me to shoot in the most iconic of all places, the El Cap Meadow. I contacted Casey to see what he thought of the idea. Always one to go out of his way to help me out, Casey realized some Patagonia employees would be in Yosemite at the same time for the facelift. 
This was really going to happen. The morning before I left Yosemite, I met up with a photo editor for Patagonia. I was jacked on coffee, and the air had a brisk autumn coolness to it. We talked shop for a bit, and then I stripped down to my underwear. I should have felt awkward. i just met this attractive photographer, and here I was, stripping down to my undies to pose in front of her. But I felt liberated. All I wanted to do was strike a pose, any pose, every pose. I couldn't help but think of that Seinfeld episode where Kramer takes pictures of George in his underwear. The whole shoot, I had Kramer's voice in my head. Give it to me. Work it. You're a man. You're a lover boy. Then, lying down in the cool grass of the meadow, I did the pose I imagined underwear models do, with one hand under my head and the other on my hip, elbows stretched to the sky. I thought of all the iconic climbing shots I'd seen from the meadow, usually taken after some badass one-day ascent of El Cap. And here I was, a completely average climber, in my underwear, getting my picture taken. My friends would be so proud. Underwear time had led me to becoming a star. Well, at least in my own mind. Two days later, back to reality, in my day job at Zia, a Mexican restaurant in Durango, wiping off some tables, a customer grabbed my attention. I thought I'd done something wrong. After all, I knew my mind was still in Yosemite. She started off, Now, I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but I used to work in the fashion industry. Have you ever considered doing any modeling? Too surprised to really answer the question, I just stood there, jaw on the floor, wondering just how far this dream could go. And then, like before, I dreamed more and more. What could be next? A two-page spread in the Patagonia catalog? Men's Journal? Outside Magazine? Playgirl? Is that still in print? Is there an underwear model of the year? Is it a competitive industry? I mean, like, how much money does a full-time underwear model make? Surely more than I make as a free administrator. My name is Luke Mihal, and this is my short. Luke Mihal is the creator and publisher of The Climbing Zine, and author of Climbing Out of Bed. His second book, The Great American Dirtbags, will be available in April. To purchase a copy of the zine or check out more of Luke's writing, visit climbingzine.com. Music today by Wolfboy Slim, The Cassettes, Black Pistol Fire, and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, all courtesy of Mevio's Music Alley. Find links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Support for the diaries now comes from Chaco. Join the Chacosphere community where you can share your Chaco stories and photos and even enter a monthly drawing for a pair of Chacos. Find them at Chacos.com or follow them at Twitter at ChacosUSA. The Diaries would not be possible without the good people at Patagonia. Their new film, Damnation, premieres this spring at the South by Southwest Film Festival in Austin, Texas. It will be at various film festivals throughout the year. To find more information, visit Patagonia.com. 
Additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing, who encourages you to follow your folly. And from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. Check out all their innovative products at kuatracks.com. This episode of The Diaries was produced by Becca Call and Jen Alchel. I'm Fitzcahal, and you've been listening to The Dirtback Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, uh.